He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like Thank to welcome you. everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Billy Stanley is our very special guest. And if you don't know him, he's uh, just a, a wonderful author. He's the stepbrother of Elvis Presley. And his, uh, his, his first book I've got to, and we won't get too caught up on that one because the new one is wonderful. And it's a it's a must get for everyone. The Faith of Elvis, a story only a brother can tell. And uh, there's only one person in the world who could tell this story. And it's Billy Stanley. Billy, welcome. Thanks, Frank. Great to be here. Well, listen, I'm thrilled to have you. And if you can give us a give us an overview. We we've always heard, uh, you know, about Elvis's uh, faith. And I, you know, I think he, uh, you know, he lived it. He, he walked the uh, walk and, and talked the talk and uh, and and all of that with it. I don't think he's ever given up on his faith. And uh, if you can give us a give us an example of uh, of something we should know about Elvis and his faith that uh, that maybe just uh, got lost or fell between the cracks. Okay, well, one of the things a lot of people don't know is that Elvis prayed. You know, and, I mean, and when I say pray, he he was not afraid to get down on his knees and pray to God. And now uh, he didn't pray for himself; he prayed for others. He prayed for people, everybody in the world. He loves everybody, and everybody said, "What is the what is the one thing that Elvis taught you growing up?" You know, and that and that was it. You know, to love everybody as a brother and sister, because in his eyes, and then you know, uh, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what he said. So that's what we should treat each other that way and love each other. Uh, so that's yeah. Tell one of the lessons I learned. Yeah, well, I mean, tell us uh, the origins of this book. Um, I can't, you know, I can't wait to read it myself. Uh, I've I've ordered two, one for uh, my aunt who uh, who loves uh, loves Elvis and and certainly uh, loves what you did in uh, in your first book, uh, and and one for myself. And I'll I'll spread it around too because I you know, I think it's an important uh, message to get out there. But uh, what was the genesis of of this book? When did you start this? Well, it actually came about uh, on May nineteenth. 2018 I had a heart attack stroke and seizure and I was dead for 10 minutes and when I was dead I was in heaven and I saw Elvis there and uh, his he just it was only for just a brief few seconds what it seemed like to me but I mean when I came to after after the surgery and everything else they told me no Billy you was gone for 10 minutes but it only seemed like seconds up there and what Elvis told me was, uh, as I was coming back, he said, tell my family, my friends, and my fans, I love them. I'll see them when they get here. And I, just, and I didn't tell anybody about this near-death experience for a couple months. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody. I just kind of prayed, and, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? And it was real. You're supposed to share it. So that's how the idea of the book came about. Billy, when you saw uh, Elvis in this state, uh, what what uh, Elvis did you see? Which Elvis did you see? Did you see an early Elvis, a young Elvis, a uh, uh, an older Elvis? 
um, you know, give, give us an example of what you remember about uh, about this experience. He looked just like he did when I met him uh, in uh, 1960. He looked like he was about 25 years old. Now, I mean, I saw a lot of people. I mean, I, I've never seen anything so crowded before in my whole life. I've never seen that many people before in my life. And there was a city of, that had like a golden hue to it, and that's something that said, that's where you're supposed to go. And so as I was walking, the first thing that hits you is this overwhelming sense of love like you've never felt before in your whole life. It's euphoric. You just, there's no stress. There's nothing. I mean, it's, it, I looked around for the lights because it's very bright, but there's no light source. It's not like we have here. You know, you see the sun. It's just all around you, and that's all you see. But like I said, I saw millions, millions of people, different skin color, hair color, but I couldn't really make out any faces. And the only person I saw was when I was walking toward the city was Elvis, and that was because he was standing in front of me, but he was facing away from me and turned around when I got to him. Wow, you know, this is, you know, hey, Billy, great to see you. And then as I was leaving, I heard another voice say, no doubt, no fear. And I knew who, what, who that was and what it meant. The great thing about it is when God talks to you, he doesn't have to explain anything. There's no doubt there is a heaven. It's as real as me and you talking right now. And no fear, uh, this is where you come. As long as you believe that Jesus came and died for your sins. Billy, where, where did Elvis's faith really uh, get instilled with him? Uh, was it his mom, or was it uh, uh, was it his dad and your your stepdad, Vernon? Uh, was it a combination of the two? Uh, how was Vernon's faith? Uh, well, Vernon, a lot of people don't know, Vernon used to be a uh, uh, Bible school teacher. Uh, he, Elvis was raised in the church, and in fact, that's where he got his love for music, was, you know, watching the gospel singers, you know, at church. And so uh, the funny thing about it all is, you know, he, he tried out for the choir. They said he wasn't good enough. He even tried out for the glee club when he was in high school, and they said he wasn't good enough. So <laughs> he didn't make it back. Yeah. Wow. I imagine I can only imagine what the people that said, no, you're not good enough, what they thought after he, <laughs> you know, his first several million gold records came out. <laughs> yeah. You know, we I, passed on it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you imagine that. I mean, that's just uh, the glee club. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and yeah, I could imagine some of those other voices they took over Elvis. I look, it's uh, it, it's it's a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, just uh, I can't wait to read the book, and we'll tell people, and we'll we'll spread the word even after uh, we hang up with you here. Uh, but before you leave, yeah. uh, tell us anything sure. that we else that we should know before we let you go. And and if you have a website or a social media site where we could follow along with you, Billy Stanley, please let us know. Well, I, I do have a, a Facebook page. It's called Hound Dog Racing. This is something that one of the lessons I learned in life that Elvis taught me was, and he, he tried to pass this on to anybody he talked to, is never give up on your dream. He didn't. And look how many people told him, you're not a singer, but look what he became. And, you know, uh, uh, so I, I wanted to be a race car driver as I was growing up. And, uh, a thing called life happening when Elvis passed away, my dreams just kind of died with it. Uh, then uh, I, I start this thing on iRacing. It's internet racing. I, and I, 
as a tribute, I call it Hound Dog Racing for Elvis. And uh, that, that's one of the that's one of my pages on Facebook that you know if anybody would like to go to it and you know we post races that we have each week and stuff like that. And I talk about Elvis on there. Um, but the, the biggest thing is, I guess that that song "Follow That Dream." You don't ever give up on your dream, and love everybody, and be quick to forgive. It's, that's what this book is all about. Well, Billy Stanley, congratulations on the faith of Elvis, a story only a brother can tell. And thank you very much for being here. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. Billy Stanley, everyone, the stepbrother of Elvis Presley, uh, the king of rock and roll. And um, so uh, so often uh, so many people are focused on on every other aspect of his life. And uh, Billy Stanley was a wonderful author, New York Times bestselling author. Um Fortunately, he, uh, he he you know is covering uh, the tracks of of something that should be talked about: the faith of Elvis Presley. And again, the name of the book is "The Faith of Elvis: A Story Only a Brother Could Tell." And uh, and you know who better uh, to tell that than uh, than his brother? He moved into Graceland, I, I believe, in uh, 1960, and his mom had married Vernon uh, Presley, and. Um, you know, uh, Elvis uh, welcomed them, uh, and from all I've ever read and heard of, uh, just, uh, you know, became that big brother, a spiritual mentor, a protector, and, uh, you know, and, and playmate. Uh, he, uh, uh, you know, he had uh, Billy, uh, that is, and, and his brother had a uh, um, a, a tremendous uh, a, a tremendous insight into uh, the success and and everything that came along with that, the good and the bad. And Billy Stanley is, uh, again, just a, a wonderful author here. Best-selling author, Billy Stanley, has been our very special guest. Once again, please get this book, The Faith of Elvis, a story only a brother can tell. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on... Breaking it down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to, Hi, break, to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a legendary guitarist and songwriter, rock and roll hall of famer from from the great Kinks. He and his brother Ray started this band and uh and boy a 50 year anniversary I, I don't know if it feels uh feels that long but uh wow I, I mean absolutely amazing dave davies is here with us and we're talking about his memoir and the the box set so much going on and we'll talk about that as we go on but without further ado uh the great dave davies dave how are you hey frank how are you i'm doing Good. great you sound terrific. Uh, how's everything going by you, Dave? Busy, busy, but get, get all the summer stuff to, to um, get out there and talk about. It's quite fun. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to be excited. Uh, you're constantly doing something. And um, if I remember correctly, you're right over in Jersey. Are you still living in Jersey? Well, I'm, I'm staying here for a while, yeah. And I go back with and forwards to um, L.A. and London, obviously. So I'm still working with Ray on various projects, which include a, a documentary film and a, 
and the actual movie. And so it's pretty time. Good. Well, I I, I got to say this, uh, the memoir for so many people, uh, writing a memoir is a, uh, like a bittersweet experience. It's emotional, you know, people uh, digging up a lot of things from the past. What was the experience of writing your own story like for you? No, I think you're right. It's very emotional work. Whoever is writing about personal things can be like very therapeutic, but it can also bring up a lot of bad stuff. <laughs> so that makes you a feeling. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad um, we got the project done. Did anything come up in, in your retelling of your story that either surprised you or um, maybe you, you tucked away and you, and you really didn't focus on it, but it was a, it was a major event? Are any major events that came to light during this memoir writing that, uh, that wouldn't have come uh, forward if you didn't write this? Well, I think the fact that a long time has gone by. You tend to focus on different things at different ages. I think it's more probably more intense in a lot of ways. But I think emotionally it is very therapeutic and very helpful, I think. Do you... Did you leave a lot on the cutting room floor, so to speak? Were there things uh, that... That you uh, that yeah you didn't include that you thought about it and then pulled it at the last minute. Right, so there's always something. When afterwards, when you think about things, you think, oh, why didn't I say that? I should, I should you know, There's a way that should have done, should have done, would have done months after, but but I think overall it's pretty pretty fair, pretty good. The thing about forgetting to put things in or, or choosing not to put certain items in, uh, nowadays it's different because it's electronic, right? You could always add it later. You could always add it to the uh, electronic version or the digital version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there's always that, but um, I decided to only, I think, I think the main idea with the information, but I didn't want to keep going over and over, over it. So I tried to keep it as organic as fluid as possible and keeping as many truthful elements in place. So it was a big job, but uh, it was good, I, I think. Yeah. Well, listen, let me remind folks, you're listening to the voice of Dave Davies, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer from the Kinks, and uh, such an influential group that, uh, it, you know, look, it, it, the, the influence uh, was really felt in, in the 70s and the 80s when Van Halen broke out and, and uh, they broke through on their first album in 78 with uh, You Really Got Me and, um, uh, you know, I, I tell you, that uh, it sent them into the stratosphere. Uh, Dave, let me ask you about that. When you first heard the Van Halen version with Eruption opening up, uh, what was your uh, uh, what was your reaction to to that? And did you imagine it was going to uh, be as uh, um, 
cata- uh, you know what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, major seismic uh, as it was because yeah. that really changed music. Yeah, but it's, you know, it, it seems a long time ago now, but the actual, the song and moment is very prominent in my mind. So it meant so much to us. And it obviously, obviously changed the culture popular music to an extent. And I have only great positive feelings about the whole event. But you, you are... A, uh, you really got me. Will always be a big part of my life and the King's life. But it is so much more than that. There's so much depth, and that's one of the reasons why. But promoting the Catalan 50th anniversary is boxer. Muslim helpers and everyone's in show, everybody's in show business. Uh, because there's so much more to King's music than that one record. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot. Well, uh, listen, there's, there's a there's a string of hits that people can name. Uh, even uh, the Sopranos um, featured some King's music, and uh, you know, I, I I imagine you had to pick up new fans because of uh, the Sopranos uh, being so popular. Uh, give us a little something. Yeah. Of, yeah. Well, go ahead. To respond to that, if you could. Well, no, uh, I was a big fan of the show, Sopranos. Yeah. And um, and uh, it was when I heard that they were interested in using some of the music, I was kind of knocked out. It was really great, and it fitted really well with what they chose. And, and uh, yeah, it's great. Very exciting. To be included in such an interesting project. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you about the uh, if about the box set and uh, and putting together the box set. I imagine you had a lot more. Um, it, it was a more relaxing task to do that than to do the memoir. Uh, g- give us the process that you went through with uh, with putting together the box set. Well, it was obviously a very lengthy process, and Ray, Ray spent an awful lot of time going sifting through. Uh, there was a lot of film, original film, on the road to be used oh. for that period. So there's film, old film on the um, in some of the CDs, and um, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of and Ray worked like a Trojan getting it together. It was, but it was fun. It's interesting. I think people find it really interesting work. Well, listen, I, you got to look back on your career. You got to be very proud. I I spoken to you in the past, and I said the same thing. Uh, you you got to look back and not only be proud of what you did, but uh, but proud of what you, you and Ray uh, influenced and the and what the others did since, uh, because uh, you know you could you could do a six degrees of of the Davies brothers, and um and and you touch about every modern rock band that uh, that that came out after you. 
and uh, you know, just uh, you got to you got to take a bow. Listen, congratulations. I know you have a lot of people waiting to talk to you. I won't hold you up, but we'll be talking about your box set and your memoir as we let you go. Do you have a website or a social media site you want to give us before we go? What's the social media? Well, social like Facebook. Fa- All right. Listen, Dave Davies, thank you very much for being here. Congratulations on everything. Okay, well, thank you, Frank. Good day. Great Dave Davies. You know, the Davies brothers have uh, have put together an amazing career, and you could see it in the, uh, the Muswell Hillbillies box set. I didn't even get into all of that. Um, Dave... I've spoken to him in the past. Uh, he had a stroke a while ago, like a pretty, you know, stroke is a serious uh, event, obviously, but he had a very serious stroke, and he sounds terrific now. And, um, yeah, what a career they've put together. He's still going. He's still going strong. And I don't know whose voice that was. I think it's wife in the background. And... Um, you know she's uh, been instrumental in in pushing, uh, you know, uh, pushing and helping and everything else. So kudos to the whole uh, gang over there. Uh, Frank McKay here, Dave Davies, has been our very special guest. Uh, we'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with an actor's actor. I mean, someone who I saw and so long ago now, but White Hunter, Blackheart, and I, I was just blown away wow. by him then. Uh, what a uh, what a talent. You've seen him, of course, in Lost and uh, The Marshal, and uh, I, I, I love his performances. I Clanton and, and Wyatt Earp, just absolutely terrific. I have a friend of mine who's seen him on stage, and he said he just he will blow you away on stage. I've never seen him there, but I'll tell you what, you see the lawnmower man and just kind of watch that thing uh, develop uh, straight through, and you realize that this guy is a, a just a, a super talent. His latest is Locked In, and you can see him digitally, and you see the movie digitally, and uh, you can see him with Mina Savari uh, there, and, and select theaters, but I'll, I'll be watching it digitally. He's absolutely terrific. Jeff Fahey is our very special guest. Thrilled to have him. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, Frank, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. Very generous of you. Well, listen, it's uh, but I'm doing great, brother. L- listen, w- well deserved. And I'll tell you what, I, I listen. I know talent is talent or whatever, but you don't get to where you are without a lot of effort and a lot of uh, time put into the craft. I mean, please tell us that that <laughs> you you don't just walk out there with a script and just a- end up doing it like that. You put a lot of time into this. Well, I guess it's like it's like everything, Frank. You know, the the uh, hopefully the the longer we do it, the better we understand it, and uh, uh, the more chances we take um, with uh, structured chances. Uh, but that's it's a, you know it's a fascinating thing about this business and this um, the craft uh, of of filmmaking and storytelling on whether it's TV, film, theater. Uh, hopefully, one uh, just keeps getting more and more opportunities to. Uh, 
to exercise your uh, your craft and your technique, and that's what's happened to me over the years. Uh, you just you know you work with wonderful people, and you you pick up ideas, and you 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 know you you push the bad jazz away, and you you gravitate toward the good jazz. And but to your point, yeah, it takes a lot of work, but you got to be lucky and be in the right place at the right time. And fortunately, you know, I've I've stayed on that that. It's it's like Catherine Hepburn said about about a career. It's like running up a down escalator, and uh, so I've stayed on the escalator wow. and, and and tried to keep a an upward pace there. So yeah, I would say to finally answer your question, uh, Frank. I would say yeah, it takes a lot of work, but it does take luck and have people around you that believe in you. Was there an early moment for you where where it kind of clicked, or at least a moment where you found your confidence, either on stage or uh, in front of the camera, small screen, big screen? Uh, it, was there a moment? Well, I I think that uh, I have to say, uh, Frank, I think it happened early on when I wasn't embarrassed to be embarrassed. Yeah, and I think. Uh, I think it's one of the things that uh, that are it's a built-in part of the the creative process is that uh, we one hopefully very early forgets about judgment and just goes for uh, that imagination and and trying things within the structure of the story, you know, with the writers and the directors and the other actors that you're working with. Uh, so I think that probably was something that I brought into the industry because I'd, I'd been traveling on my own for so many years before I started acting, uh, that it was just another adventure that I thought I'd try, and then just plowed right into it. And uh, uh, again, it's to what you said before, Frank, so much of it has to do with the individual, but truly so much of it has to do with the people that you work with and who you, you you uh, pick up ideas from and styles and techniques. Um, yeah, and, and again, it, it never ends, Frank. I mean, you go into the next job uh, wondering, oh, how am I going to do this and what am I going to do here? And so uh, that's where the, the confidence comes in and in, uh, in feeling secure within an insecure arena. You know, I've only seen the trailer, but I, I'm really looking forward to Locked In. Uh, tomorrow I'll be, I'll be watching it streaming. Can you give us a little rundown without spoiling, of course, but, uh, but give, us a, yeah. give us a rundown of Locked In? Self-contained, uh, uh, character-driven um, piece that is a heist gone wrong, and the, the innocent, a couple of the innocent people uh, end up in a, in a storage facility with the wrong people and uh mina and her daughter they need to stay alive and i want my diamonds yeah how's that hey listen good enough we'll be uh, we'll be watching uh, it's it's been a rough year for so many people and of course we've lost people and and uh, a lot of people uh, were ill but uh, you know when you when you get by that uh, you know life's got to go on and and entertainment has to go on and i think it's a big part of us getting back to normalcy when you look at your list of uh, credits and your body of work it's tremendous i uh, you know i think more for like young actors just starting out it must have been a much scarier time for a guy who's a veteran or a gal who's who's a veteran who's got that big resume behind him was this sort of a, a reset for you did this give you a moment to kind of sit back and take a good hard look 
Uh, yes, all of the above, Frank. Uh, but I will say this, uh, because that, uh, that I've been around uh, for so long, they were, in this time, they've been making these small films. And I've been fortunate enough to, I just finished uh, yesterday down in the Caribbean, uh, my sixth film during this lockdown period. Wow. You know, in different parts of the world, Malta, UK, and uh, and uh, Nevis uh, down in the Caribbean, and and in um, New Mexico and LA, and all these these little films, these little indie f- films, were self-contained uh, production companies that worked inside the bubble. So they had small crew, small cast, uh, self-contained story. So everybody was safe, uh, COVID-wise, and. Um, but they were fascinating little, uh, if you will, self-contained stories. So to your question, I've been able to be able to be part of these films because I was a, 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 a somewhat known um, uh, actor that they could use in these, in these stories where other people wouldn't have got the opportunity, and yet we were also able to do, use local actors for some of these films. So it, this, if, if you want to look at a tiny little silver lining uh, out of this great tragedy for the industry, the creative um, element, it's given these small filmmakers who are quite capable of making these bigger films given the opportunity. It's given them the, the, the platform and opportunity to make these small little indie films that never would have seen the light of day uh, um, if it weren't for the situation with streaming now. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I know. So it's a great point. I, I, I think it's been, to your point about me being around so long, it's been fascinating to work in all these different environments through this and, and when i say this frank i'm not making light of all the tragedy of course by no means by saying you know it was great to make films but as you said uh, the people need entertainment and it's one of the things that uh, you know with billions of people locked inside their apartments and and, and homes and so on uh thank god we at least had uh things like streaming uh uh, good, bad, and indifferent films, they're all there. And um, Well said. Uh, listen, terrific. Uh, thrilled to have you. Congratulations on an amazing body of work, but the quality of the work in there is just tremendous. Can you quick give us a, a website or a social media site where we could follow along with you? I Well, sorry to say, Frank, I don't have any social media. They could. We could find you. <laughs> Look, check out your, your IMDb and people can yeah, find I, out all they I, want about you. I, yeah, internet, internet movie database. Yeah, yeah, Anybody can always go there. Way to go. Uh, but it's, yeah, and I really appreciate all your, your kind words and the time you've taken, Frank. Well, same here, and thank you very much for being here. Thank you, brother. It's a pleasure. Jeff Fahey, everyone. Locked In is the name of the film. Everyone, check it out. You'll be able to see it digitally. That's how I'll be watching it. Uh, also, select theaters. Uh, so check, uh, I guess, local uh, local areas and see where you can get it. But uh, he's terrific. I could watch him in anything. And uh, it just uh, the, the type of range that he has is just impressive. I'm a non-actor. So as a layperson, I appreciate great acting. And he is dynamite. I mean, absolutely dynamite. 
Dynamite. And again, I think that's 1990, White Hunter, Black Heart. He played opposite Clint Eastwood, and, and you know, of course, Eastwood's so great. But I, I, I thought to myself, who is this guy? And then I, then I saw, uh, you know, later, I, uh, I saw The Lawnmower Man, and I was like, this guy is unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And then you've seen him in Lost and The Marshal. And I, I love his performances. Ike Clanton in Wyatt Earp. And I, I'll tell you what. I, I mean, if you watch some of his roles and the diversity behind some of these characters, I mean, he is he is absolutely dynamite at what he does. And I'm absolutely thrilled always to watch something with him. Locked In is the name of it. And it's uh, with Mina Safari, who we've uh, we've had here a couple of times, and she's wonderful as well. And uh, check it out uh, digitally or or in a theater if you're lucky enough to get there. I'll be watching it digitally. Check it out. Jeff Fahey has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.